Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about sexual abuse in schools. So before we get underway, though, and start discussing this particular subject, I need to remind everyone listening that the content of these podcasts can be upsetting, disturbing. And so if you feel that you are going to be upset by what we're going to be talking about, or disturbed in some way, then now's the time to switch off and go and do something else. Otherwise, please do stay with us. So, as I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about sexual abuse in schools, and this has been prompted by some cases that we're currently working on where our clients have been sexually abused as children, young people in schools. And in the news recently, there has been another so-called historical case. I don't like talking in the sense of historical, but it's, it's, it's sort of jargon and um, sort of detracts because for the victims and survivors, there's nothing historical about it. But so, but the headline was, man jailed for 27 years for historic child sexual abuse at a boarding school in Worcestershire in the 60s and 70s. And this was a so-called boarding school employee house father at Barrow Woods School in Worcestershire. He's been convicted and sent to prison for 27 years. Interesting case in the sense that young lads were sent to Barrow Wood and Barrow Wood School has sort of cropped up on our radar several times over the years and victims of sexual abuse have looked to see if they could bring a civil action in respect of what they endured there but they've not been able to do so to date because the school no longer exists and so there's no one left to sue and that case is frustrating because it smacks of complete injustice. But anyway, we'll come back to all of that in a moment. And I'm going to hand over to my colleague, Danny, and um, get Danny's thoughts on the current state of play as regards these sorts of cases, because we're acting for quite a number of clients at the moment who were sexually abused at, at schools. And, you know, we hear their stories and I'm always struck personally by the strength of character of the clients that we see, how they've been able to, varying degrees, get on with life in spite of what they endured. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, so this particular case that we're talking about that's been in the press, again, highlights that, you know, abusers can be what we see sometimes in plain sight. So this was obviously a person in position of authority. He taught at a number of schools. We're talking about here the abuse that he's been convicted of at Berry Wood, but then he went on to Badra School in Cheltenham, which our listeners will know that I originate from Cheltenham. So it's very close to home, this one. And then he also went on to two more children's homes in the West Midlands. And one of the important things I think that comes out of this sentencing and us talking about this is this man has been 
walking free for for 50 years and you know the the individuals that he abused have in some respects got some justice because I know and you know that a lot of the clients that we speak to worry that no one is going to believe them and that is one of the one reasons that people don't come forward to disclose their abuse when it's someone in a position of trust and rightly so there has been some justice here for individuals we're talking nearly 50 years on. Yes and Badgeworth and Arrow Wood have got quite a lot in common. Not only the fact that this um, offender was able to go from one school to the other, both, I recall, were effectively private institutions doing the work for the state because a lot of the boys, I recall, that were sent to these schools were effectively sort of special schools or approved schools. These were lads who were either in trouble or were in need or needed some kind of special assistance and local authorities up and down the land sent these um, lads off to these schools which were privately owned. We've only got to think of North Wales scandal, how easy it was for basically one individual able to set up, establish a school for disadvantaged and vulnerable youngsters and then use that as an opportunity to abuse them. And what we have seen is that the oversight of these so-called schools was not as vigorous as it should have been, were often magnets for people who wanted to abuse children and young people. And I would question the, the oversight or lack of oversight on the part of the state when it comes to these sorts of schools. And the fact that basically it seems uninsured and there's no accountability. So yes, certain individuals have rightly gone to prison, but looking at this objectively, I think it's extremely unjust that many of the victims will never get satisfactory accountability, let alone any compensation for the considerable harm that they may have suffered. And I think that's just plainly wrong. Um, And I met a lot of former residents of Badgeworth and um, I can understand how they over the years have felt really let down by the system. Yeah, and it's noteworthy to say to our listeners, if they're not aware of these schools, is that it wasn't just local social services that were replacing children at these schools. It was all over the country. As you say, it was boys between sort of the ages of 10 to 18 with behavioural or learning difficulties, but they came from all over the country. So it was many different local authorities that were working effectively with this school. And when you dig in deep, it's understood that actually former pupils had come forward and reported continually concerns about the school and particular. So there's Figs and there was also another individual called Lambeau who hasn't been sentenced yet because he absconded and is now in custody waiting sentencing as we are discussing this. But it was those two and seven others And it was clear that the abuse was being reported and it was ignored by social services. And I know quite often, Alan, you are one person that talks all the time about mandatory reporting. And perhaps, again, if this had been in place then, you know, that could have saved a lot of individuals from suffering abuse. Yes, quite so. And from what I remember of the Badgeworth case, I think there's an argument for allegations when they served many years ago were possibly, arguably, not investigated properly. Uh, And I don't think that's a question of looking at these things from hindsight. I think that's looking at it uh, objectively. And I think anyone listening who hasn't reported need to be conscious of the fact that if you've been abused, you should report because 
time and delay aids the, the guilty, so to speak, not the innocent. And I think what we've seen with all of, all of these cases, so many years pass, um, and by the time action is taken, it can sadly be too late. Events take over. You know, these schools close their doors, the owners disappear, and so Perpetrators on. Perpetrators die. Yeah, that's right. And accountability becomes extremely elusive. And yes, we can wring our hands and point at all the various failings on the part of the the system and the state in its broadest sense, but that isn't going to help survivors. And I think the, the message is that, yes, there should be mandatory reporting and clearly mistakes need to be learnt. But I think it's also very important on everyone to appreciate if you've suffered abuse, it should be reported sooner rather than later, because any delay just serves the, you know, the perpetrators and those responsible for them. Yeah, I agree. But also, I would say, as you've said, if anybody's listening and this this affects them directly, that, you, you know, even if your abuse has happened many years ago, that you're right, you do need still to report it, because as this case shows, a conviction is still possible many years later, and you may yeah. be one of many that have reported, and sometimes the police need to patch it all together to see that there's been multiple survivors coming forward making allegations against the same abuser. That's right, and I think the police need to be commended for what they've achieved. That shouldn't detract from the fact that there may well have been failings in the past, for example, in respect of Badgeworth, but leaving that to one side the fact is that the police have clearly worked very hard to investigate and you know there's been a successful prosecution nothing should detract from that and nothing should detract from the survivors who clearly stepped up to the plate and gave evidence and as we know with cases like this if there's been a number of individuals that have come forward there is very much likely to be many more that that obviously feel that they can't or it's not right for them to they don't feel it's right for them to disclose so i'm sure that there will be many more survivors that have been affected at these schools and by these individuals we've talked about yeah exactly Right. Okay. So on that interesting note, we'll bring this podcast to a close. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Much appreciated. Hope you'll join us for the next podcast. As always, if you've got any thoughts or ideas for future podcasts, please do get in touch with us. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Danny. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.